the Commission have been able to act very quickly. If you can't find common solutions to common problems, what's the point of the EU? Member states realise that they really need each other. So it's always difficult. We doesn't cut it. We will come out of this with a stronger cooperation. It's not as if scientists hadn't been warning for a long time about a pandemic. They had. But the politicians in many European countries didn't seem to take much notice. The scale of their lack of preparation is only now becoming clear. My guest this week from Brussels is the European Commissioner for Home Affairs, Ulva Johansson, a former minister in her native Sweden. Just why did Europe and the EU get it so wrong? Ulva Johansson, welcome to Conflict Zone. Thank you. We've seen high levels of disunity on show across the EU during this pandemic. You would agree that it's been a major blow to the EU's credibility, hasn't it, this disunity? No, I don't agree with that at all, actually. Uh, we have seen uh, desperate actions from member states, and that's uh, quite understandable because we are in a situation we've never been before, and the crisis is really, really a big one. But we have also seen our member states asking for the EU Commission to take a stronger role, to do more, to coordinate more, also in areas where we do not really have the mandate as a commission. So so I, I don't really agree with you on that. Well, last month, the French finance minister, Bruno Le Maire, said to his squabbling colleagues after an all-night meeting uh, to try and agree a rescue package, shame on you, shame on Europe, stop this clown show. Do you like the epithet, clown show? No. Uh, but of course, this is very uh, difficult. And you must understand that also that all uh, governments are under very strong uh, pressure in a way that they haven't been uh, any, any way before. And uh, that this is a difficult situation for member states, of course, to agree on things. And we have seen uh, uh, border being closed in a um, not so coordinated manners. We have seen uh, restrictions, uh, export restrictions and things like that. And it, it is difficult to come uh, along with a new uh, economical proposals. But at the same time, we have also seen uh, uh, when we see how things develop, uh, member states are coming closer to each other and they are asking for the Commission to play a more a stronger role. And we and we do that. And I think that the Commission has been able to act very quickly. And sometimes when I see how member states act, I, I make the uh, I do the uh, comparison with with individuals. You know, when this first attacked us in, in March, uh, uh, you can see individuals rushing to uh, their grocery shop and, and shop a lot of toilet paper and pastas yes, I, and, and I, get I, home I, I and, and lock the doors. I understand that, Commissioner. But when um, they were yeah. needed initially, when the pandemic struck, they weren't there, were they, Commissioner President? Ursula von der Leyen said when Europe really needed to be there for each other, too many initially looked out for themselves. When Europe really needed an all-for-one spirit, too many initially gave an only-for-me response. You say it's difficult yes, to agree. That's true. That's this is, I, this that, is the whole that, point of the EU, that you, come, you are able to agree. If you can't find common solutions to common problems, what's the point of the EU? 
But uh, you have to see how things are moving. The initial, uh, the initial reaction was from individuals to look at themselves, from member states to look at themselves, from companies to look at themselves. But quite soon, uh, their movement went in another direction, asking for more coordination, more cooperation, and asking for the Commission to play a stronger role. And I think that we as a Commission has also been able to, to play that stronger role. And we still have to do it because it's a long way to go before we have before we are through this and also I think that but if you ask me uh, I would rather guess that we will come out of this with a stronger cooperation in the European Union uh, than before but of course there's been initially a lot of uh, disruptions and, and problems but but it wasn't just initially was it to these problems Commissioner was it wasn't it wasn't just no, initially well, was it I mean we've had four failed summits by video EU leaders have gone on rowing and disagreeing, meeting after meeting, week after week. The last failed summit was on April 24th, in which they were unable to resolve deep divisions over the proposed recovery fund and the amount of cash it, um, it should uh, distribute. My question to you is, don't millions of Europeans who are locked up in their homes, losing their jobs, finding it either tough or impossible to pay their bills, many suffering food poverty for the first time in their life. Shouldn't they expect something better from these leaders, from these member countries? Or well, do, it's I okay do, for you? I uh, agree that... Well, well, but may I say that, uh, of course, individuals should have high expectations on the cooperation between member states in the European Union, but that we have summits that fail to come to a conclusion is not a new phenomenon. That's how it's been uh, all the time in the European Union. And the You're MFF proud of that? was difficult already from the beginning to find a compromise. And of course, now when the needs are much, much bigger, there's a need of much more money into this. Of course, it's not easier to come to conclusions, especially not when you're not meeting face to face. So I don't think uh, that we should use this. This is not, in my view, this is not uh, uh, what we are seeing is not a failure of the European Union. We have a lot of difficulties, of course, but these, these are not uh, new difficulties and we can manage them. Not a, not a failure. Bruno Le Maire calls it a clown show. And, and French President Emmanuel Macron says if the EU is going to die, it will die from inaction. You say that you get disagreements all the time in the EU, but this is a critical situation. This, this is a life and death crisis. You would expect better under these circumstances, wouldn't you? You seem very tolerant of all this in, incompetence and squabbling. Well, I think, of course, this is a very critical situation and a very dangerous situation because the needs are, are very big for a lot of actions. And I also think that this will lead us to uh, that we will are that the member states will be able to come to compromise uh, that will be acceptable and that will help us out of this. So I don't think that uh, what we are seeing, the problems we are seeing are not really new ones. Well, you say this, but um, none of this infighting, of course, is apparent from the glowing picture which emerges from the EU's PR machine, which, of course, presented the EU response in such glowing terms. I have to say it reminded me slightly of the old Soviet newspaper Pravda when it talked about um, 
countries, regions, cities across the EU are extending a helping hand to neighbours and those most in need with donations of protective equipment. Nothing about the fact that a lot of them were put under temporary export bans because they weren't going to give Italy what they wanted. This is particularly France and Germany. And then the, the PR machine says this is European solidarity at its best. It isn't, is it? I mean, for you to put out a slanted view like this, at the time when you're telling the world you're fighting disinformation, is pretty hypocritical, isn't it? There is a very uh, important difference between this uh, comparison with Pravda. We are a union of democracies. And this is the most important thing, that we stick to our values. And what can actually be very, uh, what sometimes worries me, is if there are member states that will take this opportunity of the crisis to take steps away from democracy and away from the rule of law, uh, this is uh, this is what worries me the most. Then we have member states, of course, uh, with governments that are under pressures, uh, under under pressure, and there is a difficult situation. And when a demo democracies are. Uh, and democratic states are coming together, of course there's a lot of discussions and sometimes there are very uh, hot feelings, but I, I'm sure that we're going to be ma able to manage this together and I think that it's very important uh, to make the distinction. We are not uh, having any Pravda, we are having a union of democracies. Well, Donald Tusk, now president of the European People's Party, said, I hope everything can be fixed, but the loss of reputation is huge. He's talking about damage that the initial responses and the constant rowing has already done. And if you look at Italy, you've seen Carlo Calenda, head of the pro-European Liberal Action Party, declaring, this is an existential threat. I'm not sure if we're going to make it. You have to consider my party is one of the most pro-European parties in Italy and I now have members writing to me saying, why do we want to stay in the EU? It's useless. So there has been damage done, despite the comforting words that you're using today. Yeah, but it's also the opposite. It's also the way that people are really a high, have high expectation of the uh, European Union. And we can also see member states are cooperating and asking for a stronger commission and a stronger coordination and cooperation within the European Union. And what I also see is that member states realize that they really need each other. And you can make the comparison if, the, we, if we had this crisis and we did have the European Union. The crisis would have been huge, uh, much, much worse uh, than today. So we have the opportunity to work together and we are working together. And of course, in a crisis, you can see tendencies of different um, uh, directions, but there is also a lot of strong tendencies towards closer cooperation and helping each other. Well, let's look, if we may, at how the Commission has handled this crisis, because on February the 5th, um, one of your officials at a closed-door meeting with diplomats said things are under control. There's a strong level of preparedness in member states. This was February the 5th. A strong level of preparedness in member states. Most have measures to detect and treat COVID-19. At the time, 60 million people were under lockdown in China. And everything was about to become very much out of control, wasn't it? Why didn't you check with the member states who were giving you such reassurance about their state of preparedness. 
pretty sloppy, wasn't it, from the commission? Well, we have the whole a- the whole area of uh, healthcare and protection of our pandemic is a national competence. So member states have this uh, competence and they have been dealing with it. What we saw uh, when this crisis and the pandemic was here uh, was that member states asked the Commission to take a stronger role, even if we do not have that formal mandate to act in the area of healthcare. And I think this is uh, a sign that member states would like to cooperate closer and would like to see a stronger role from the Commission. But and you gave out the wrong message, The Commission has acted... May, may, may I just uh, finish my sentence? In my view, the Commission acted stronger and quicker than I think that most of the member states and others could have expected. You gave out the wrong message, though. Things were not under control, were they? It's a dangerous message to put well, out when you, comment, have, uh, when you haven't, I, I when you haven't checked you it. I don't know you're referring to... <laughs> Well, I, I can't, I can't ver- verify your, your uh, quotas there, so I don't know. But if member states are, are in the, if member states thought they were under control, of course, uh, this is the competence of the member states. Uh, but now they see that they do not deal with this uh, good enough alone. That's why they are asking for the Commission to play, to take a stronger role and, and to uh, coordinate more. And we are doing that. One of the things that has happened because of the lack of preparedness and the lack of coordination is that the EU has opened the door to a whole bunch of fraudulent and corrupt procurement deals, hasn't it? This could take years to sort out and reverse. None of that gets printed in your fact sheets, does it? Why not? Well, I think you are not really right there. Uh, Of course, uh, it's uh, free to deal and to have uh, commerce uh, um, and trade with with other uh, companies from other parts of the world. But what I see from the angle of security is that the organized criminals has been very quick to adapt to the new situation. And a lot of uh, new opportunities for organized crimes have been uh, obvious. We saw that coming already a long time before, but now it has boomed. So this is a reason why we really need to step up the law enforcement uh, to be able to deal better in this digital world that we are dealing with. So this is uh, also an area where we see the need for more cooperation between member states. More cooperation, but at a time of crisis, it has opened the door to to organize crime in a big way. In Italy, the European country perhaps hardest hit by this pandemic, the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project found that state contracts were awarded to companies whose heads had been accused of fraud and misappropriation of public funds. In Slovenia, the government's largest COVID-19 contract, worth more than 25 million euros, went to a gambling mogul with no known experience in medical procurement. And so the list goes on. This is hardly satisfactory, is it? Well, we have a lot of criminal actors, of course, and how we should deal with this is, of course, we will not be easier to deal with for member states alone. We really need the cooperation and we need a strong Europol to be able to deal with this. And we have also been able to uh, get some of these criminals also into court, uh, to court because of the cooperation between the European Union. So I do not agree with you that the solution should be easier to deal with this uh, for member states alone. But for some, for the criminals now, it's a field day, isn't it? 
Well, some of them have been very quick to adapt to the new situation, and that's why it's so important that we could have the law enforcement fit for the digital age. And in my view, there is a need to do even more in this area, and that's why we are proposing, preparing for proposals uh, for uh, a new strategy. Let's look at the proposals for the recovery package. It's said to be worth anything up to several trillion euros and is going to be linked apparently to the European Union budget being drafted by your commission and will be submitted to EU leaders later this month. And then the squabbling begins again, doesn't it? Big squabbling. Because the problem is that in this package, which is going to be a mixture of loans and grants, there's still no agreement among states about the proportions, is there? Well, now, and, uh, no, there's no agreement yet and there's no proposal yet. So, uh, but of course, it's going to be difficult. It's always difficult to find these kind of agreements, but uh, I'm quite convinced that we will reach it. Always difficult. To say it's always difficult really doesn't cut it when you have a crisis of these proportions and one of the biggest economic setbacks since the Great Depression in the 1930s. To say that it's always difficult well, doesn't, doesn't live up to people's yes, grand so expectations of the European Union, do they? They expect more. Well, I do not uh, really agree with you on that because... Uh, People have expectations uh, from their governments to act on national level and they have expectations on how U European Union should act together. And member states have uh, uh, different views on what is the most appropriate way to act and they have also different needs and different abilities. So this is uh, when democracies, democratic leaders come together, this is the most important thing also to discuss this, uh, to find an agreement. and. Uh, of course, when we are talking about so much money and such a big crisis, nobody could say it's easy to find an agreement. But I'm quite convinced we will reach it. But it's going to be a bumpy way. I guess so. You may be convinced that you're going to reach it, but the signs aren't good, are they? The northern EU states want to see mostly loans. The southern states are insisting on grants because they don't want their already massive debts piling up for leaders to come. So the sage is set for another enormous row. The disunity just goes on and on and the crisis will get deeper. The economic crisis will get deeper, won't it? I think, well, I, I don't, I, I ha, I'm not that uh, negative as you are. Uh, I don't, when we have these difficult times and uh, uh, different views from member states on how to act on, on bonds or, or, or um, uh, grants or loans. Uh, this is, of course, n nothing new. And um, it's also been a difficult already before the pandemic to find agreement on the new MFF. So, uh, of course, it's difficult, but of course, we're going to make it. Yeah, but you, you have a record of failure in past crises, don't you? Um, the EU is built on this terrible record. I'm thinking about the, the migrant issue, for instance, um, something of direct interest to you with your portfolio in the EU. Um, here's a current snapshot of how migrants are dealt with in the EU. Malta keeping 60 of them on a ship anchored at sea until the EU can rehouse them. Is that a humane response in line with EU values? 
Well, I do not agree that the European Union is built on failures. Um, I think that we are being built actually out of a lot of uh, difficult, but actually quite successful cooperation. Of course, there are difficulties. And in my view, it was uh, it is a failure that member states and parliament have not been able to reach an agreement on the proposals on a common European uh, migration and asylum uh, proposal that was presented by the previous commission. So this is my task now to present a new proposal that hopefully uh, can get uh, everybody on board and find it acceptable for everybody. We have 60 migrants that have reached uh, Malta. They are now on another ship in quarantine. Uh, I, th I think it's uh, appropriate to put uh, newly arrivals in quarantine. But of course, we also need more of solidarity between member states. And this is what I'm working on for the new uh, proposal that I'm going to present. Yeah, but the Commission's been calling for more solidarity on this for five years. And just a month ago, the EU's top court ruled that Poland, Hungary and the Czech Republic had broken the law by refusing to host refugees to help ease the, ease the burden from Greece and Italy. So you go on crying in the wind and shouting that there needs to be more solidarity. They've no intention of coming into line with your requests to share the burden of the migrants. Poland, Hungary, Czech Republic. That is not no intention whatsoever. This is not true. We can see right now uh, that we are so showing solidarity in practice when we are relocating unaccompanied minors from Greece. Right now, in the pandemic crisis, they are being relocated to other member states. We started with eight member states ready to do the relocation, and now we are have, I think it's 11 one uh, that are ready to do it, so more are joining in. I have been traveling a lot before the traveling restrictions, to, and I met with all the member states to have dialogues in closed rooms on the new pact on migration and asylum. And of course, I know from the beginning it's going to be difficult. There are different uh, views and different ambitions from different member states. But I must say that after this consultation with member states, I'm more optimistic of the um, possibility to find a common solution than I was before I started this dialogue. So, of course, a lot of things, being a commissioner, being a, a, working together, a lot of things are, of course, difficult. But that's why we need also, uh, why we need this cooperation and why we need uh, politicians with uh, ambitions to deal with these uh, problems. And I do think it's possible to reach an agreement also on migration and assignment. Well, and, I, and assignment, I don't know what you're... Even though of course, it's difficult. I don't, I don't know what your um, optimism is based on when you have 19,000 migrants crammed into a camp on the Greek island of Lesbos that was built for 3,000, or a dirty deal with Libya that has seen thousands incarcerated in appalling conditions, abused and even sold as slaves in programs as a result of programs that the EU is funding to this day. I'm not sure what your optimism is based on. I just told you, my optimism is based on the dialogue I have with all the member states, with the political parties, the political families in parliament, and that we could see now, even though we have a lot of problems, of course, caused by the pandemic and a lot of problems in each member states caused by the crisis, we are relocating unaccompanied minors uh, from uh, these overcrowded camps on the Greek islands. 150, we are, uh, 150. Relocating 
there's going to be 1,600 and the uh, procedure has been quicker than anybody have uh, foreseen, even though we have these problems. So there is there are a lot of signs also that is optimistic, but I would not say that we do not have problems and challenges, but the fact that people are coming irregularly as migrants and refugees to, to, to the European Union is not a failure for the European Union. Uh, this is a challenge that we have to deal with and I'm convinced that we can do it together. It is a failure when 19,000 are locked up in a camp that is only designed for 3,000 and your programs funding the, among other things, the Libyan Coast Guard result in hundreds and thousands of people being incarcerated against their will raped, beaten, and uh, sold, sold as slaves. Well, aren't you, aren't you right ashamed of the programs the that, you, that you fund in this, in this direction? There's no, no shame I'm at not all. Ashamed. No, no shame not at ashamed. all. You're happy no, about the situation in no. Libya? You're happy I'm not about happy the about the situation in Libya, but I, I, may I just answer your question? I'm not ashamed what we are doing from the European Union. I do not see how the very, very uh, dangerous and uh, bad situation in Libya would be better if the European Union was not there helping refugees to be relocated out of these camps in Libya, helping people for voluntary returns out of Libya to their home countries. If we were not there, if we were not there to, to helping uh, or trying to teach uh, the Libyan Coast Guard on humanitarian rights, what would be better if the European Union was not there? I can't see it. All right, Commissioner Ulva Johansson. It's been a great pleasure having you on Conflict Zone. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you. Thank you.